Hey, you friendos, you got a story you want to share with me? Go to AsTheRavenDreams.com slash submit, or check the links down below. And of course, as always, thank you very much. A few years ago, my husband had to go out of state for a business trip for about a week. We had twins that were about 18 months at the time, and they were our first kids, so it took a lot out of both of us at the time. Previously, I would just go with him on his trips, but it becomes a lot harder with children, so we agreed that it was best that I stayed home. For work, I actually helped a friend with her small business of house cleaning, so I worked when I wanted which made it easier for me to be able to stay home with my boys. However, I also get anxious about being home alone. I've lived in some very bad places as a kid, so I constantly fear that someone would break in while I was alone, and something would happen to me. That, unfortunately, followed me as I got older, and now I don't like being alone for more than a night. While he was gone, though, my mom invited me over to her place for the week, so that way she could help me with my boys and spend some time with them, and I would have someone to talk to. The only thing was that she lived about four hours away, so I would be making a mini road trip with my two boys and my little dog. And that first night alone was not pleasant. I put our air mattress in our boys' rooms, so I wasn't alone and slept there. Those things are not comfortable for more than a few hours. With little sleep that day, I went about our daily routine of making breakfast, went to their doctor's appointment, picked up some groceries and a prescription, and then went to see a friend, as to have less time alone. I will mention that the part about going to my mom's was very last minute, and not planned out. Later that evening, when we got back home, I was making something for dinner when my mom had called. As we were talking, I was telling her my concerns. She offered to have me come stay the rest of the week. I had plans to go out there first thing that next morning, but I figured it wasn't too late, being around six or so, and after eating... I called my mom to let me know that I would head out there tonight. The anxiety in me thought four hours alone tonight was much better than six more whole days off, so to packing I went. I got a few outfits for myself and my kids since I'd be able to do laundry. I got the car all packed up with our stuff, and then the dog, and then the twins. The one thing that I failed to realize was that, while it was only six when I started, we ended up not leaving until a little after seven. I also did not sleep too well that night, so I knew I was going to need more caffeine. After picking up some coffee, we were on the road. We were probably about two hours in or so, or close to it, when I had to stop to use the restroom and grab something to snack on to keep me awake. I remember coming up to this gas station that had a small bar and grill attached to it, 
so I felt comfortable knowing that there were going to be people around. I let the dog out first while I stood next to the car, and then after putting the dog back in, I pulled the boys out, locked the door, and headed inside. There were a few rowdy people on the other side, most likely drinking, so it was pretty loud. Random laughing, yelling, and clapping echoed into the little gas station. After I checked out, I started getting the boys buckled in. I find it easier to carry one in a sling while carrying the other in the car seat, and that way I have at least one free hand. So, I sit Evan down on the seat while I put Ian back in his. I have a little hatchback, so I find it easier to walk around to the other side rather than reaching over them. As I went over to buckle Ian in, I heard the music from the bar getting louder as someone opened the door. Out came two people, a man and a woman, arguing very loudly. I can't remember what about, but they were loud enough to make me look over. I continue buckling him in, and then go around to the other side to get Evan strapped back in. From there, I hear them yelling again, and I look over to see her punching him in the chest. I finished getting them secured, and I did a fast walk over to the driver's door and got in. Before I continued, I decided to text my mom and husband to let them know how much longer I had. While doing this, I started hearing more yelling, but this time it was things like, Let go of me! Thinking it was the same couple, I looked up to see that they were not within my view. I chalked it up to them moving away and that it was none of my business, and started to set my phone back up with the GPS so I could head out. As I start to pull out of the parking lot, I'm startled by my passenger door opening as a woman is screaming help and jumping in my car. She quickly locks the door and starts screaming at me to go and crying. I didn't know what to do at first and screamed something back that I probably shouldn't have, but then took off. The gas station was right off the highway, so it didn't take long to get back on. I didn't know what to do, so I just drove while this woman that I didn't know sobbed in the seat next to me and screamed every once in a while. My boys were wide awake at this point, also on the verge of tears, so I tried comforting them the best that I could. I don't think this woman realized I had kids in the car by the way she looked back at them. She apologized and explained that this guy that she had just met was trying to force her into his truck and that she was screaming at him to let her go. It wasn't the couple that I saw earlier. She said I could drop her off at the next exit and she would find someone from there. As I got over to the exit... There was a black and yellow truck sitting at the intersection with their lights off. Unfortunately, I didn't know who this person was or what they were doing until the girl started screaming, It's him! Not knowing what else to do, I blew the yellow light and went straight back onto the highway. I know it was stupid, but I thought at the least, if a cop saw it and stopped us, he would keep going. This guy quickly did a burnout to follow us as well. Noticing he was behind us, 
The girl starts screaming and crying more, now making my kids cry. I was more terrified at that moment than I was being home alone, and now I had regretted leaving. Not knowing what to do and on the verge of tears myself, I tried telling the girl to calm down as she was upsetting the kids, when I saw this guy get right on my ass and flash his lights. I was now in tears, thinking this is how my life was going to end when we started coming up to an accident. There were lights everywhere. The far left lane was blocked and I knew that this was our chance. I quickly shot over the two lanes, honking and holding down my horn and swerved over to the shoulder. I have never seen a cop run to a car faster. We were all inconsolable and trying to explain what happened when the cop had us get out of the car. Once a little calmer, we explained that the truck was following us and that he had tried to kidnap her. He got as much info as possible and put in a bolo for it, basically. After getting more information, the cop offered to take the girl home and to follow me for a bit to see if the truck showed up again. I called my mom and my husband first to calm me, the boys, and the dog down a bit, and I agreed to have the cop follow me for a few miles as a peace of mind. That woman hugged me so hard and thanked me for not shoving her out of the car, and also apologized for putting us in danger. I know it was terrifying, but I was also glad that I was there for her because who knows what could have happened. We drove a few miles with no issues, so he had me pull over again and let me know that I would be on my own once more. At this point, I was wide awake and just ready to get to my mom's to crash. The last hour to hour and a half seemed to fly by, and after arriving, I quickly passed out. I hope they ended up finding the guy, because that could have ended a lot worse. And I'm thankful the police were where they were at the time to save us from something worse. Unfortunately, now I also have a slight fear of driving at night. My wife and I have been married since the middle of 2005. I know this because this story took place during our honeymoon, which was in July of that same year. Unlike most couples that want to go to Hawaii or some other fancy place for their honeymoon, we decided that we would do a trip to Yellowstone, and we wanted to see some of the vast, empty, natural parts of Wyoming. There may not be much there, but it's still a gorgeous area to visit. Plus, since we live in the panhandle of Oklahoma, it would be a pretty good drive up through Colorado and to the northwestern corner of the state. The highway that we took had us driving straight through Denver, and then to the border, and into the Rollins area of Wyoming. Now, if any of you have driven through Colorado and into Wyoming, you know that Colorado has the most beautiful scenery with the mountains. And while Wyoming is absolutely gorgeous, there's damn near nothing anywhere. You end up on the highway and you drive and drive and drive and just keep going until you hit that next established area. 
There are the occasional rest stops, the gas stations, and then a few areas where you'll see housing, but for the most part, there's just nothing there, making it the epitome of middle of nowhere. A lot of the trip from Rollins and northwest of there, there's practically nothing to see, until you start hitting the open areas of the forests. The situation that I'm wanting to tell about actually happened outside of the National Forest area in a part of Wyoming where there was nothing but highway. Highway 287, to be exact. We were driving and making good time on our way out to Yellowstone, as mentioned, when something caught my wife's eye. I was paying attention to the road, and she nudged me and asked me if I saw something burning up ahead. I did, but I assumed it was just a controlled brush fire, and maybe they were burning off the dead grass by the side of the highway. My wife then basically told me that that wasn't likely the case. There were no firefighters stationed nearby, and they typically don't do controlled burns on such a small section like that. She then mentioned that I should stop and we should consider putting it out. Her thought was that someone may have thrown a cigarette out the window, and the brush had slowly caught fire. It made sense to me, honestly, and I do have a small fire extinguisher in my car at all times, so I agreed. I slowed the car down, and I pulled over to the side of the road a little bit behind the fire. Then I unloaded the fire extinguisher from its holster in the back. She gets out and asks if she should call the fire department to at least let them know it happened and that we put it out. I told her that was a good idea. That way they didn't drive by and think we were the ones setting the fire. As we approached, things got a little weird. And pretty fast. The closer I got, the more I noticed about this seemingly innocuous fire. First thing I noticed about it was that it wasn't just burning in a random spot. This fire was built. I could see that the area where it was lit had been cut out and that there was no grass around the ring of rocks that the person had put together. Whoever had put this small pit together knew what they were doing. The second thing I noticed was the fire wasn't just with burning sticks. It looked like there was something else in the little fire pit. I pulled the ring and all that, and I swept the fire out. Once I was sure that things were no longer burning... I walked up to the pile of debris, and I was 100% right. Whoever started this little fire, they weren't just burning wood. But what they were burning makes this a million times more confusing, and honestly just as creepy. As I was sifting through the burned items, I noticed a lot of what was in the fire was soft and fluffy. And I figured out that there were several stuffed animals that were in the burn pile. I remember there being a teddy bear and a small horse, and just several stuffies that would have made a child's collection. Under all the stuffed animals, there was a small pile of what appeared to be little girls' clothing. And I mean all kinds of clothing. This fire was built by someone out there to burn a small collection of children's items. And honestly, that was probably the freakiest thing I've ever encountered out on the road. 
We obviously called 911 and we let them know about what we found. My thought process was that it could be used as evidence in a case, potentially, and that they likely needed to process what was in the pile just in case. On top of that, I didn't want them coming to find us if they found it later and investigated it. The highway patrol showed up and took our statements and pictures, did all the basic runs of our information, and then they let us leave after they were satisfied that we had nothing to do with it. Obviously, I have no idea what all that was, and I really don't want to know, like, at all. I can say that I've never seen anything like that again in any fires along the road or anything like that, thankfully. But yeah, so that happened, and is something that kind of just haunts my nightmares at this point, if I'm being completely honest with you. When my parents got a divorce, me and my two brothers had to deal with the custody trade-off. During the summers, we would go to my dad and stepmom's place for one to two weeks, and then go back to my mom's. One summer, my dad and stepmom would be driving to the middle of nowhere Iowa to see her family, and you guessed it, that was the week at their place. I didn't care much to be around her side of the family, but I did enjoy the long car rides. They had a kid together, so it would be the four of us in their giant van that they had, which was also nice. I got to sit in the middle seat, meaning I got a spot to myself. My stepsister in the seat was next to me, and my two little brothers were in the back. This was before we had smartphones, though so all I had to keep me sane was my knockoff MP3 player and my drawing pad and a book that I was reading. So, off we were on this road trip for around 12 hours or so on the road. Maybe it was longer, but being a kid, I know it felt like forever. We also had to stop overnight once. Once it started getting dark out, Everyone started falling asleep. I remember listening to my music when my dad said something to me. We were the only ones awake at the time. He said that he needed to stop and use the restroom, and to try to stay awake, and asked if I needed to go because it would probably be the last stop for the night. I told him no, so I just sat in the car and waited. After a few, he came back and we headed out for what I assume was a few more hours of driving. Not long after we left the gas station, though, I ended up falling asleep. When I woke up, it was still pitch dark, the car was off, and everyone else was fast asleep. I got up and looked at the time on my dad's phone to see if anyone would be up soon, It was only like 2 or 3 in the morning, so I assumed we would still have a few hours before we were moving again. I laid back in my seat for a bit, trying to fall back asleep with no luck. My dad snores. A lot. So, I more so sat looking up at the roof, waiting to eventually pass out. But, 
after a few minutes of that not working, I decided to look around to see if I could see anything. From the front, I couldn't see much but a long concrete parking lot. To the left, I could see the highway, which was giving off the most light. From my side, there appeared to be a small concrete building with one street lamp above it on the opposite side. It appeared that we were at the back of a building, as there weren't any doors on this side that I could see. At the time, I didn't know where we were or what I was looking at. At the end of the parking lot, on the side that I was on, there were some trees after that, like the type that you see lining in a highway. Tall, bunched together, and barely able to see past them. I decided while I couldn't see much, I would try drawing the trees, in hopes that it would make me tired. As soon as I started drawing them, I looked back over to get a good reference when I noticed two particular shorter trees that looked dead. I started staring a little harder to try and focus and get a better idea of what I was looking at. At this point, I had my head to the window, hands cupped around my eyes, staring out at these trees. That's when I finally realized I wasn't looking at trees. The two shorter ones appeared to be legs. They weren't swaying and bending, even slightly with the wind. They stood perfectly still until I saw them all move like they were going to walk away or readjust how they were standing. I couldn't see much of the head, though, as it led right up to the dark part of the trees. I thought, okay, so this is just a really big deer or something. So I continued to watch for a bit, and then I tried to add a deer to my picture. When I looked back up, I didn't see it at first. Thinking it had just moved, I started looking around for it. It didn't take long to find it as I saw something small fall from a tree that the creature was standing near. Then, I watched it practically crawl down that same tree. It was actually pretty unsettling. I can only describe it as a human trying to walk on all fours or trying to climb a tree like a cat. The limbs were all just as long as I had seen them too. The head though, it just looked horrendous. It was round like a human's, but it looked too big for the body. And it also had what appeared to be two small horns. Something told me that something was not right here, but I had to keep watching. As it finally got to the ground, I saw it lower its head and pretty much tear apart whatever it got from that tree. It, it was horrible. And I was actually pretty freaked out. I thought this was a deer at first, but I didn't think the deers could climb trees, and I also didn't know they were carnivorous. I stopped watching as I sat on the floor of the van, thinking about what I saw and what I should do. Do I wake someone up? Do I still try to draw it, or should I just keep watching it? Of course, I decided to look for it again. When I looked back up, I noticed the thing had stopped moving again. So, I did the same and just stared and watched. That's when I think it got tired of me watching it too. I noticed it turned in my direction, 
instead of at his side, and it appeared to be looking right at me. I couldn't see its eyes, but I could tell. You get that feeling when you're being watched, and it was an awful feeling. I decided to get back in my seat, cover my head up with my sweater that I was wearing, and try to fall back asleep now. Unfortunately, the watching feeling was not going away. I uncovered my head, and I looked back out the window to see that this thing had actually gotten closer. I quickly covered my head back up, grabbed my mp3 player, and tried to drown out my thoughts and silly fears. I was just a kid, so surely this was just some animal that I didn't know of, right? After a while, I had finally fallen asleep. I woke up again due to my dad snoring and my music ending. When I awoke, because of the way my head was facing, I could see out of the front where it was still dark. When I pulled my sweater down all the way, to my horror, I saw a face on the other side of the window, with their hands cupped around their eyes. I could clearly see human eyes, but there was no nose, not even a, a slit where a nose could be. This, of course, made me scream and jump out of my seat, waking everyone else up. My stepmom, being startled, was the first to ask what happened. When I looked back at the window, there was nothing there. I didn't want to scare my siblings, so I just told them that a bird hit the window and scared me. My dad then went and walked around the car, and didn't see anything, but since we were all awake, we decided to go ahead and leave. Apparently, we had stopped at some kind of rest stop, I guess. The building we were parked by was a restroom, but there was not a single other vehicle around us. I didn't get out to use the restroom as I was too scared, and I decided to hold it in until we stopped somewhere for breakfast. I still haven't told anyone other than a good friend of mine, because I feel like maybe I was just seeing things and I didn't know if anyone would believe me. One thing that I do know that was real, though, was the drawing that I did that night that I actually just recently found. Trees, darkness, and a deer-like creature with no head. This story takes place a few years back when myself, my sister, and her two kids were all driving to a surprise birthday party for my older brother, Matt. It was a bit of a drive, and we were actually going to be on the road for probably 10 hours heading east, but the drive was worth it, because it was his first birthday back after having been deployed overseas and he'd only been home for around a month. Basically, we knew it was going to be a pain in the ass to get all the way out to our parents' house, but it was 100% worth it to see Matt, since it had been somewhere close to a year since we last saw him, and it seemed like he should be able to celebrate his birthday with the whole family. Like I said, the drive out east was going to take around 10 hours, my sister and I were both adults, and my nieces were around four and seven. My sister drove for the first half, and I said I would take the second half, as I knew that at five hours in, 
she would likely need to be in the back seat keeping the little ones calm and collected. Four and seven are old enough to enjoy these kinds of car rides, but definitely not old enough to sit in the same place for ten hours straight. And I honestly don't blame them. If it weren't for Matt, I wouldn't have sat through the trip myself. We got through my sister's half without any issues, and by the time I was getting behind the wheel, it was starting to get dark out. My sister sat in the back, as expected, with the nieces, and somewhere around an hour or two into my half, she ended up falling asleep. The younger of my two nieces also fell asleep, but the older one, Courtney, was wide awake, and watching all the things that we were driving past. And while it may not sound like a thrilling adventure to drive with two people sleeping in the back seat, all the while having a random passing conversation with the seven-year-old, I thought it was fun. We were about an hour away from my parents' house when the actual event happened. And that's honestly what I have to call it. An event. Mostly because I don't know what actually happened. So... As stated, my sister and the youngest were sound asleep, and we were about 9 hours into a 10-hour drive. I was watching the highway and my speed and just basically having a nonsense conversation with my niece. I think it was about some cartoon that she was really into at the time. As I'm watching the highway for the most part, every once in a while I glance back up at the mirror to look at her. This is actually when the whole thing happened. I looked up in the mirror, I said something to her, and then I glanced back down, and I see what can only be explained as an absolutely blinding white light. As soon as my eyes hit forward, I saw this seriously bright and all-encompassing flash of white. My first thought was that it was an oncoming car or something like that, but... I just remember that immense and horrible sense of panic flooding through my body. What was weird? Whatever it was, I never hit it. I thought we were going to smash into it, and I even remember screaming. Hell, I recall hearing my niece scream, but it apparently never happened. It kind of felt like whatever that moment in time was, when I saw the light, it kind of hung there for a moment and then somehow reset me back onto the road driving like normal I didn't swerve I didn't slam my brakes I apparently didn't scream because the other two never woke up I went from staring down an alarmingly bright and close light in front of me going 70 down the highway certain that I was on collision course with whatever the hell it was to driving like normal with nothing anywhere near me. Of course, that feeling of terror didn't pass. I was still running high on adrenaline when I came back to reality. I pulled the car over to the side of the road and tried to take deep breaths. When I stopped the car, my sister obviously woke up asking if we were at the hotel yet. I told her no, and that I just needed to take a moment to catch my breath. She asked if something happened, and... Before I could even respond, my niece starts telling her that we were talking about the cartoon 
and then there was this really bright light in the middle of the road that suddenly disappeared. Her version was probably cuter, and more detailed at the time, <laughs> but that actually made it worse, though. Because this seven-year-old child just confirmed what I saw. I saw all of this unfold, and she saw it too. Which, again, confirmed that I didn't fall asleep or have one of those micro-nap things that you can have while driving. I legitimately saw this huge white light in the middle of the highway. Unfortunately, there was no way for me to explain the whole resetting thing, so I just left it at what my niece said. I told my sister that I wasn't sure what it was, and that it just freaked me out a little bit. Nothing else happened the rest of the way. We all stayed awake and chatted for the last 40 minutes or so, and we got there and had a great time. And while the party was certainly the highlight of the whole event, that was seriously a road trip that I am not likely to forget any time soon. So that was a collection of middle of nowhere eh, slash road trip, I guess, horror stories, kind of. Hopefully you all enjoyed them, and thank you to everyone who lets me use their stories, and thank you to everyone who doesn't let me use their stories, because that's okay. I still thank you for your time. Not really relevant to this conversation. Hopefully you all enjoyed this video. If you did, please hit that thumbs up button and leave me a comment letting me know what you thought. Those two things help these videos out tremendously. Like, you have no idea how much they help. So if you could spare just the time to do that, I would really, really appreciate it. Thank you. If you're new to the channel, obviously, subscribe. Change the bell to all if you want. Or some. I don't think the other one's some. But don't ever hit never, because then you never get notified ever, ever, ever. And you don't want that, right? Why else would you sub to the channel? You want to get notified. You want to know when I make new stuff. So, anyways... Um, yeah, I hope you all have a beautiful day. It is Friday, isn't it? I think. Let's see. It is Friday. It is Friday. I need to change my calendar over. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I hope you have a beautiful evening, and I hope you have a beautiful weekend, and I hope I'll see you next time. But until then, of course, my lovely, lovely friends, my beautiful people that I speak with ever so often, I, um, I just want to say you're loved, you're valid, you are important, and you should never, ever let anyone else tell you otherwise. And of course, until we speak again, I just want you to sleep well.